The universe is vast and filled with countless galaxies. It's so large that we can't even begin to comprehend what lies beyond our tiny planet. Are we alone? Or is it possible that there are countless other worlds with lives similar to ours? And if that was true, could their technology be more advanced than ours? What if their technology was so advanced that it allowed them to travel to countless different worlds that reside in far, far away galaxies? What if they decided to come to Earth? It's a time-old question that has been filled with debate for thousands of years. What if aliens are real? Hello and welcome to uh, Tales of Grim this week. This is your host, Tyler Naismith. And I'm Tori. And today we're talking about a very fun um, alien, men in black, demonic case. It had, literally has every supernatural scientific thing you can think of. I'm very excited to talk about the case of Indrid Cold. Who? Exactly. Wow, he has so many connections to a lot of different cases. And I'm very excited because he's mostly prominent in like the Mothman case back in Point Pleasant in the 1960s. It goes all the way back to Mothman. Oh, yeah. Not Mossman. Mothman. Mothman. Not, not, not the Florida Mossman. Mothman in Point Pleasant. Our very first episode, Tori. My God. I know. I'm actually very pun for it because... The same Mothman that scared away Sheep Squatch? The one and the same. My God. So, let's get into the whole story about Injured Cold. <laughs> I don't... Have you ever heard of him before? I feel like his name rings a bell, but I'm not exactly sure from where. He's one of those people that's like... The name sounds very familiar, and he has a lot of connections to things, but a lot of people probably won't actually recognize who this supposed person, in quotation marks, actually is. Why is that? Because he's either a demon, an alien, or something in between. No idea. And let me tell you why as we get into the story about who Injured Cold is. This isn't just like a little green man, but like, Injured Cold is a full-bodied human. He's not like a random alien that it's like, oh, three foot tall, big black eyes. No, this guy looks straight up like any other human being you would see walking past the street. So apparently, he's supposed to be human-like in appearance, and is also believed to be connected to the Men in Black. And no, I'm not talking about the film starring Will Smith. The Men in Black supposedly consists of a bunch of, like, high-ranking government officials that wear black suits, hence the name Men in Black. Their secret organization has been around since the 1950s, at least that we know of, and that we assume is real, but, you know, it's secret, in quotation marks. Illuminati. Illuminati is another one. Honestly, like, the Illuminati is one of those things where it's like, we know it's out there. There's so many people connected to it. There are, like, modern-day Illuminatis, but, like... Nah, I feel like <laughs> the Men in Black could be a, like, branch of the Illuminati, but they just broke off and were like, nah, guys, we gotta be a little bit more legit than this. I would totally believe you on that. We're not talking, like, FBI agents. We're talking, like... FBI directors, like, legitimate high-ranking officials. There's so many people that have experienced some sort of, like, alien encounter out in the world. And shortly followed after this alien encounter, they would experience a um, an encounter with the Men in Black. And the Men in Black would basically tell them that what you see didn't happen. You understand what I'm talking about? Like, Tori, you saw this UFO in the sky... 
But you didn't see this UFO in the sky. No, but I really saw it. No, no, no. You did not see this UFO in the sky. Because you know what happened if you did see this UFO in the sky? What? You would basically be blackballed in the entire universe. And anything that could possibly bad happen to you will happen to you. And no one's going to believe you that this happened. <gasps> How dare you? And there's nothing you can do to prove that this happened. <laughs> Literally, this is like how these conversations would go. Not quite so, you know, dramatic, but... <laughs> but basically you're saying it was a, you didn't see what you think that you saw, and if you keep saying that this is what you saw, you know, we're going to come after you, we're going to wipe your mind, we're going to do this or that. No, not wipe your mind. It's not like... It's not like the movie Men in Black with Will Smith. You mean Smith, they don't where... have, like, little pens that, like, swipe your minds like that? I mean, they might. That would be kind of insane if they actually did, and it wouldn't surprise me. But, no, they would legit be like, you saw a UFO? No, you didn't see this UFO. And if you did continue to say you saw this UFO, we're going to make your life a nightmare. <laughs> like, we're going to do everything in our power as the government to basically wreck you and make sure that you have no leg to stand on in your future kind of terrifying like you could be a small little like you know chef in a small little restaurant a little country girl like moi yeah and if you claimed just randomly like oh my god i saw this thing and they were like no you didn't and if you did see it we're gonna wreck your life that's yeah no i feel like it's people more like in the countryside like farmers and people like that that see like the ufos like People in cities don't really see the UFOs. So that being said, let's say the Men in Black is a real organization that focuses on, like, you know, keeping aliens secret from the public. If we say that this is true, then let's look at some of the theories revolving around the Men in Black. One theory is that some of the members are actually aliens themselves that have partnered with the government. That's kind of similar to the movie. So another theory is that the Men in Black have ties to Lucifer, like the Tom Ellis Lucifer? Oh, no. Not not like the Netflix star uh, Tom Ellis. No, Damn. like I know. Like, that would be great. But anyways, no. It, it's more like the, um, the Lucifer, like the devil. You know, like son of God, fall from heaven, that type of sort of thing. Yeah, like Tom Ellis. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> the men in black basically are like demonic entities. I could believe like a satanic cult-ish. But I don't know about demonic entities as much. And I would believe aliens before that. Right. But according to folklorist James R. Lewis, he compared his encounters with the men in black similar to some of like the, like the older tales where people met the devil himself. And he speculates that the men in black are actually some sort of like, and I quote, psychological drama. So that a lot of the people that experience their encounters with the men in black, it's not real. But it's, like, all in their head and kind of made up. So it could be, like, some sort of, like, mental thing. Or, like, a mass hysteria. But then we talk about UFOologist Albert K. Bender and his encounter with the Men in Black. And he said that one day the Men in Black visited him and told him to stop his pursuit in investigating UFOs. Because he was, like, this big UFOologist that was like, no, UFOs are real. And they just showed up on his doorstep and were like, you gotta stop talking about UFOs. And then he said the men basically claimed that they were like, you know, they were government officials and that they were tasked with suppressing like evidence of UFOs. 
But Bender said something felt very sinister about them and that they were, quote, demonic supernaturals with dark or exotic features. What, they have tiger stripes on their faces or? No, we're, we're not talking about, like, Mike Tyson. No, like. No, I was thinking about more, like, how some alien races might look to us. Well, and that's one of the weird things where it's like, you know, if we have alien races, they're not going to look like us. They're they're going to no, be developed, like, more breed, based like, off their planet or something. Yeah, they might be more kind of like mermaids where, you know, they breathe more water than more oxygen or things like that. That's, to get on a little bit of a side tangent, that's something almost unbelievable about some of the alien TV shows and games and stuff. Where it's on Star Trek, yeah, they have that little, like, button on them that can translate any language. But it's also kind of like, well, some species may not breathe the same kind of air that we do. Right, no, and I totally agree with you. But, like, based off these theories of it, like, being an alien or, like, a demonic entity, what do you think the Men in Black is? I mean, I've always thought of them as, like, a secret organization for the government that does keep things that are more alien, demonic, whatever, under wraps. Um, You always hear about UFO sightings, and then the men in black come, and the people rescind their, like, statement saying, like, no, I didn't actually see this. It was actually an owl, not a little green man. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's kind of interesting where they're, some of the guys are like, you know, yeah, no, like, the men in black are connected to aliens, but others are like, no, they're connected to Lucifer. And that's such a drastic thing that I've never heard of before. Like, I've always associated men in black with, like, you know, Will Smith in the movie, and it's, like, aliens and all this stuff. But, like, they're like, no, 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 like, these people have to do with, like, deals with the devil. And I, I think that's very interesting. Yeah, I've never known them as deals with devils type of people. It's more of an alienistic, you know, the lizard men. Right. Like, there are pictures of, you know, glowing eyes of certain celebrities and these people at, con- like, political conferences that turn around and their face looks almost lizard-like, making them the lizard men. Yeah. Um, like, I've never... S- like, heard them being referred to as, like, demonic? Or right. anything to do with, like, religion, almost? It's always been aliens in yeah. space. And, and that's why when I was researching this, like, case, it really threw me off. Because I was like, whoa, demons? That's insane. So let's get into, like, a description of Andrew Cold. So he's, like, over six feet tall, and he wears a reflective green suit with a dark belt. He had, like, kind of, like, a darker complexion and small beady eyes that were, like, way set far apart on his head. So, like, you know, not in, like, the normal place where it's, like, you know, above the nose. It's, like, they're, like, on the almost on the side of his head. So not, like, a normal human being. Apart from that, apparently he had no nose, no ears, and he had zero hair. So this would match some of the more, like, exotic supernatural features that some of the, like, the men in black supposedly feature. So now let's get into, like, the alleged, like, encounters with Indrid. So the first encounter with Indrid Cold took place on October 16th, 1966 in Elizabeth, New Jersey. 
And one thing you should know is that a few days before this encounter, there was a lot of UFO sightings. Like, a bunch of them, like, randomly just, like, shooting throughout the sky of this small city. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I know. You said that he's, like, six foot tall, right? Yeah. Maybe he's, like, two of the little green men stacked on top of each other in, like, a trench coat. I would believe that because a lot of, like, you know, humans actually do that, (laughs) you know? I don't think... Unless it's for a joke, I don't think I've ever seen any kid try that. I saw that on Facebook on a couple videos, and it's amazing. Yeah, but it was more for, like, more for views and... Oh, 100%. TikTok, Vine, whatever the hell it was. Right. So, anyway, so let's go back to the first encounter. And there were these two boys named Martin Munov and James Jimmy Yakitis. I apologize if I butchered their, like, their names. You probably did. I probably did, and I'm so sorry that I did. Anyways, these two boys were walking along 4th Street, and as they were passing this alley, they saw this odd-looking man standing near a fence. And they claimed that the man was, like, bald and wearing this metallic green suit that, like, reflected all the light in the area. And he was on the opposite side of this fence. So when they noticed him... He immediately started climbing atop this fence. Okay, that really does seem like a lizard to me, though. Right. Where it's like, if they know that you're watching them or that you're going to make a move towards them, they will run up wherever the hell they are, whether it be a rock or ground or whatever. And the metallic green suit, that kind of reminds me of like a lizard and the face. And that just reminds me all of the lizard men, which... Could actually be a race of aliens if right. these two things connect. Yeah, and, and that kind of goes with the whole, like, the eyes weren't, like, normally set. They were, like, on, like, the sides almost close to the temple. Yeah, like, I really think of the leopard geckos that I had as a kid and how far apart their eyes were and, like, the skin and how they didn't really have noses, but they did at the same time. Like Right, yeah. now... Let's go back into the story. So, Martin said, and I quote when he saw the man, Jimmy nudged me and said, Who's that guy standing behind you? I looked around, and there was behind that fence just standing there. He pivoted around and looked right at us. Then he grinned this big old grin. Unquote. It was at this point when they said the man started sprinting after them over the fence, and the boys just straight up booked it. Oh, I was kind of picturing him on the same side of the street as they were, like in the alley by the fence or whatever. No, it was and like him climbing over to get away from them. No, no, no. It was like they were walking along 4th Street. They look down this alley and they see this man. And this man spots them and starts climbing up the fence after them. And that's when the two boys were just like, nah, I'm out of here and booked it. Dang. That seems more predatory than, than a freaking lizard would be like clearly these two little kids were terrified clearly and like they they could see this very odd looking man (laughs) down an alley honestly i think i would run as well okay so now this next encounter is the biggest one that's ever occurred in, in like regards to andrew cold this incident occurred on November 2nd, 1966, just 10 days before the Point Pleasant Mothman incident. So, just outside of Parksburg, West Virginia, 50-year-old Woodrow Darren Berger, I apologize if I butchered his name as well, he was a sewing machine salesman, and he was driving alongside a hill outside of Parkinsburg, 
where he was suddenly forced to slow his vehicle down in the middle of the road. It was dark, it was kind of raining, and he noticed there was this weird-shaped car in front of him. And at first he thought he was like, oh my god, it's a cop, you know, it's the lights, I can't really make out the vehicle, it's probably going to be like a sobriety test. That was not the case. When he got closer to the vehicle and came to a stop, he noticed that the car was shaped like an old kerosene lamp. Picture, like, the Aladdin lamp in Disney, and then, like, there's, like, a weird bubble at the top. Because I was full-on picturing, like, the 1800s kind of minor-esque. I think I know what you mean, yeah. So, at this point, Woodrow had come to, like, a complete stop, and he he started kind of watching, the like, the weird vehicle thing, and that's when he noticed the door slid open. And this weird grinning man stepped out of it. And, you know, he was just, like, casually walking over to him, but, like, his arms were, like, deep into his armpits, and his arms were kind of crossed. Again, super weird, because he had this huge grin, but he also noticed that... that so creepy. It is. And especially because, like, it's in the middle of the road, you know? It's not like he pulled off to the side. It's, like, picture, like, a three-lane road, and this man's in the middle of the road, and he just stopped because there's this car in front of him. But it wasn't really a car. Picturing a grinning man coming towards me with, like, his arms in his armpits, just walking slowly in the dark, like, that would just creep me out, whether his features were normal or not. This guy's description of him literally matched on par of, like, all the weird men in black sightings. He said this guy wore, like, this weird metallic green outfit that reflected the light from both his vehicle And the vehicle he was coming out of. The weirdest part about this incident was that it was in the middle of the highway. It was on like I-77 in West Virginia. And there's not that many other reports of it. But I feel like if it's a highway, there's going to be a bunch of cars driving down it, you know? Depending what time of night it is. So this took place between 7 and 7.30 p.m. Is I-77 like through the mountains, do you know? Or... So... I-77, I I didn't actually look it up on the map, but I believe from what I've read is that it's kind of a major, like, stretch of highway in West Virginia. Honestly, West Virginia is more... Rural. Yeah, so I wouldn't blame it if it was, like, a three-lane road through, like, mountains. (laughs) Right, but he was also literally just outside of the city Parkinsburg. So it's like, you know, he wasn't, like, in the middle of nowhere. He was, like, literally, like, a few miles from a major city. And I'll get into this later, but there are, like, some reports of other people seeing this thing happening. But, like, I, I feel like there would be a bunch of people seeing this at, like, 730, 7, 7.30 at night, you yeah. know? Side note, if any of you guys are listening to this and you know more details about the I-77 and whether it is more rural, going through mountains, whatever, please comment and we really appreciate it. Yeah, honestly, we do. But now let's get back to the story. As the man approached Woodrow, he said his name was like injured cold and that he came from this place and I quote, less powerful than the United States. Woodrow had no idea what was happening. This man was talking, and he was just in shock, like, uh, sure, yeah, all right. But this whole encounter was just so bizarre that, you know, he was in shock. The weirdest thing was that after a while, Woodrow noticed that this man wasn't actually speaking out loud. 
This man was speaking telepathically, and he was hearing all this stuff inside his head, and the man's mouth was not moving at all. I don't even really know what to say about that, other than it's creepy, yet I would also love to speak telepathically. I, yes, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, if I could speak telepathically, that would be pretty awesome. But, like... Read people's minds, tell them throughout, like... I just find it weird that, like, this guy stops in the middle of the highway, approaches you with his arms crossed like this, and then just apparently starts speaking telepathically. And then, of course, Woodrow's just like, uh, uh, yep, okay. I mean, maybe if this guy was an alien, maybe crossing his arms was more of a welcoming customary thing and he one of the first things that he learned on earth was smiling is good yeah but the weird thing is that he's like i came from a place less powerful than the united states that's such a weird thing to say what year was this this was in 1966 okay let's assume this guy is realistically let's assume this guy is an alien that's such a bizarre phrase you know yeah like if someone was from a different country they would literally say like hey i'm from russia i'm from sweden china wherever you wouldn't say oh i'm from the country that's less powerful than the u.s that would be like literally some like let's assume an alien came to the u.s before this point and they spoke to government officials, and the government was just like, by the way, the U.S. is the most powerful country in the world. And then now every other alien is like, well, you know, if you're not the U.S., you're not the most powerful. It kind of reminds me of um, that cliche of when aliens come to Earth and they start learning languages and body language and, you know, smiling and these customary things and... They mess so many things up, and it's just hilarious. But in this instance, it's just creepy. I don't know. It's just, it's very bizarre. Like, real or fake, it's a very odd story, you know? It really is. While he's talking about this, Injured Cold basically sends this, like, telepathic message to Woodrow. And he's like, we eat, we breathe, we sleep, and we bleed even as you do. And Indrid insisted that Woodrow reported this encounter to the authorities. And before getting back into his car, like, as Woodrow was leaving back to his weird kerosene lamp spaceship car thing, he was like, by the way, we're going to have a lot more encounters besides this night. And then he just hops in and disappears. And his car apparently flutters away. It doesn't drive. It doesn't shoot off into the sky. It flutters. I don't know what that means, but, like, maybe it's kind of, like, bouncing up and down up until it gets higher in elevation. The only way I could see it being fluttering would be if, like, wings extended or if something extended that just, like, flapped like a butterfly did, like... Right, and that's kind of how I feel. And that is so so weird saying like oh we're gonna have more encounters than this like does that mean those two specifically or like in or did it mean more of like injured and other humans so that being said injured told woodrow that like i was like a searcher searching for the person and he stopped apparently multiple people that night a couple of the people that came forward later on after this big interview that woodrow had which i'll get into later 
they said that they basically saw this weird, not kerosene lamp, but like this weird shaped car stopped in the middle of the road. And when they stopped their vehicle, the same thing happened. A weird man in a metallic suit came out with his arms crossed into his armpits, walking towards them, stopped them, asked them a couple questions, and then casually, while he was grinning, walked back to his weird car and went away. And apparently this happened to, like, a couple different people. The weird thing is that, like, I could not find a single name on these other encounters. Like, Woodrow was, like, the big one, but no one else came forward with the name. Well, I was about to say, like, in Woodrow's case, did he specifically state in the newspapers, like, what happened to him, including what the guy was wearing, what the car looked like, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. This was a huge, big media madhouse. So so there were all those details. So all those people could have been trying to go for some kind of fame and being like, oh, yeah, like this guy, like I was driving down this highway and I found this type of car that looked really weird. It looked like this. And this guy came out and did this and that, like... They could have been copying the newspaper almost. Yeah, 100%. That's very much possible. Because when Woodrow got home that night, he told his wife everything, and then he immediately reported it to the police. He received a 30-minute interview on live TV basically talking about the incident and his, like, weird 10-minute conversation with injured cold. And then on top of it, before the interview, the Air Force reached out to him to ask him about basically, like, what happened. You could even find this whole interview online right now. I didn't watch all of it, but I caught a few minutes of it. I could almost picture the Air Force trying to get this information out of him, being like, okay, this guy did this and that, and this is your experience, blah, 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 and then turning right around and basically yelling at injured cold, being like, you got caught, and you did this and that, and you're on probation now, blah, 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 blah. I think that would kind of be funny. And the whole thing is that this whole media circus lasted for like three weeks where it was like all over the place in the 60s. This wasn't just big in West Virginia. This was like big in a lot of parts of the country. And that basically makes me doubt what those people were saying after Woodrow actually came out with all of the details. Like if you read it in the newspaper and you want your 10 minutes of fame, like... It's an easy little read. It's an easy, like, get the details, make your own type of story type of thing. Okay, so now let's assume that Indrid legitimately stopped in this highway for whatever reason and stopped a bunch of cars, questioned them, but eventually he found Woodrow and was like, you're the one. No one knows why specifically Indrid picked Woodrow, but... He's the diamond in the rough. I I guess. (laughs) But, and that was the weird thing, like, all the other cases of, like, people basically saying, like, oh, they encountered Indrid, they didn't say that he spoke telepathically. They were just like, oh, yeah, no, he talked to us. But Woodrow was legitimately the only one that was like, his mouth didn't move. No, he spoke to me in his mind, and I heard it in my head. So either the people didn't realize it, or, like, Indrid tested them? Before he got to Woodrow and he's like, okay, these people aren't talking to me telepathically, then let's do these vocal questions. I guess. I don't know. But here's something else that's super weird. So you know how Android was like, you know, this isn't going to be the last time we meet. Apparently he was sending like telepathic messages to Woodrow. 
But, you know, of course, no one can confirm that because apparently that's in your head. No one can confirm anything like that. Right. Any of these alien encounters, like, nobody can really confirm. Exactly. Assuming that this whole case is real, Indrid would show up randomly on his doorstep and be like, Hey, bud, let me borrow a cup of sugar. Not like that. But, like, you know, like, he would come inside, basically. I would love that. Uh, Yeah. And the whole And the whole family was just like, yeah, no, we, we saw Indrid cold. Like... He used to bring people. We made friends with him. No, they did not make friends with him. Because apparently Woodrow's wife was absolutely terrified of Indrid. And all of his... Yeah, and all the people that he would bring over randomly. Because she said they were very similar to us, but not like us. They drove cars like us. They dressed like us. But they were not human. There was even a six-month period where Woodrow straight up disappeared with Indrid. He was gone for six months. And the whole family believes this happened, Tori. Like, he disappeared with Indrid. Yeah, I was about to say, even as a sewing man... Uh, well, he was a salesman. Yeah, for sewing machines. Um, even if you are going cross country, you would still hopefully phone in your family and be like, Hey, this is where I'm at right now. Like, and I don't think it would really take six months. Right. I would just, honestly, six months is such a long period of time. It's like, to me, it's like this guy, maybe he was like having an affair or he just dipped out on the family and needed time alone. I don't know. The family would also receive, like, weird phone calls. So sometimes they would receive calls from people that were like, you need to stop talking about this injured cold case. Because, you know, their husband was gone for six months. And they were just like, you need to stop talking about your husband being gone. You need to stop talking about aliens. You need to stop talking about, like, injured cold. And then other times, the wife would answer the phone and it would just be, like, weird beeping. Which... I could assume is maybe, you know, like, 1960s phones that are just, like, I don't know, bad connection or something. Or maybe it was... Morse code? I I don't know. I really don't. But she said there was a lot of times where she would answer her phone, and this didn't happen until Indrid showed up, that, like, it would be weird just beeping on the other line. I mean, if it was kind of methodical, maybe it was more of a Morse code from, like, the army or whoever was, like... No, don't talk about this anymore. Yeah. A bunch of people would show up in front of their house and just wait out there, waiting to see Indrid. They had mobs of people just waiting for this alien encounter. And they stayed out there for so long. And in fact, Woodrow, in his period of, like, not being gone for six months, he would have to sneak out of his house to escape the crowds, and he would head up to this place called Bogle Ridge, where he would have a little rendezvous with Indrid, and the two of them would take trips into space. And the weird part is, a lot of the locals claim to see UFOs and weird ships flying in and out of this point. When you said they take trips into space, was like, okay, did they get high and Indrid was just like his best friend at that point? I Apparently. Like, spaceships, like, okay, yeah, I... I you know me, I believe in aliens, I believe in demons, angels, all of that shit, like, I, I would believe that, honestly. Okay, 
him sneaking off, I could be like, he's maybe sneaking off to go see his secret lover or something. Maybe Indrid is his secret lover. I don't know. But the fact people are like, there are legitimate spaceships coming out of this area. I was like, what? <laughs> like, it's not like some guy having an affair. It's like there is a bunch of like outside sources that are like, we're acknowledging this is happening. And, and that would explain his, like, six-month absence, you know? It would, honestly. Like, to go into space and to go on a spaceship, like, it really does kind of sound like he made buddy-buddy with an alien. Yeah. Or a demonic energy that brought him into space. I don't know, if you want to base off some of the other theories. Demonic energies would take you down to hell, not space. I don't know. At one point, there was a lot of people, and even Woodrow kind of questioned himself, and they were just like, dude, none of this is happening, you're insane. And Woodrow was like, you know, maybe you're right. I, I, I might be insane. This is like, no way this is happening to me. Like, you know, I'm just this, this weird 50-year-old salesman. So, you know, he checks himself into a psychiatric ward, and he starts talking to this doctor. The doctor eventually lets him go. Do you want to know why the doctor let him go? Because he was sane? Apparently, the doctor started receiving phone calls from someone named Injured Cold that was telling him, you need to let Woodrow go. But it wasn't over the phone. It was telepathically. This straight-up MD was receiving, apparently, telepathic communications from some man named Injured Cold. And he had, this doctor had no connection to Woodrow at all. Wait, so he's getting calls. Yeah. Like telephone calls? No, telepathic calls. Remember how I said injured cold used to like talk to Woodrow telepathically? So he would basically be just walking through this ward one day and get this telepathic call from Indrid saying, let my boy go? Basically, yeah. And this happened so often that the doctor, again, no connection to Woodrow, was just like, I'm a scientific man. I understand that, you know, um... These things don't happen. This is weird things that are happening to me. Woodrow, you can leave. I don't want this to happen to me anymore. <laughs> Go away. I don't want this. Yeah. And it, it, that's insane to me. Like, you know, you have a sound scientific mind that's just like, no, dude, get out of here. Yeah, it really just sounds like Woodrow made best friends with an alien. Indrid told Woodrow, you know, you know, like, go up to the authorities. Tell them that I'm real. Like, do all this stuff. Also, I got your back, bro. <laughs> and that's and yet, Indrid never showed himself to the authorities? Never to the authorities. But to the entire Woodrow family, because, you know, Woodrow's his first name, but the entire family was, they all acknowledge Indrid Cold existed. Throughout Woodrow's experience, one of the most noteworthy things was that he and Indrid traveled the cosmos to Indrid's home planet, and I'm probably going to butcher this name, Lanulas, Lanulas, something like that, and I, I feel like that's where he went during this six-month period, and there's this whole book about Woodrow's encounter with Indrid. I have not read the book. I'm very curious and kind of want to buy it, because I, I just, I need to know whether or not I'm insane for believing this is true or not. <laughs> because this story is just so insane, where I'm just like, it's so insane that this guy was completely nuts, or it's so insane that it's true. Like, Honestly, they, got, they, they got a psychiatric doctor to believe this. 
And this guy probably has seen countless insane things. I was about to say, like, I would almost believe Woodrow convincing his family and getting them on board to get more fame, more money, whatever. Yeah, you know, 50-year-old salesman, nothing to live for. Why not? a psychiatric doctor, like... Who's probably heard countless insane things throughout his life. Oh, yeah. I... Oh, God. I don't even know, like, how many things, like, nurses and all of those people can, like, count in a day that make them go insane. But to let Woodrow out because he heard telepathic thoughts from Indrid, that's insane, honestly. That makes it more believable and... The reason I find it believable is because, you know, it's this doctor... That has, like, no history of weird things happening. And it's just, like, the second this guy comes in, he's just like, nah, nope, I'm done. (laughs) At the end of the day, Woodrow and his family were completely ridiculed by all their friends, all their neighbors, anyone in West Virginia, basically, that was associated with them. And this whole experience led to so much heartache and even a divorce between Woodrow and his wife. His wife did not trust Indrid. And all this chaos, she was just like, I can't deal with this anymore. Eventually, Indrid stopped visiting Woodrow. Was it because of some, like, intergalactic deal where there was, like, you know, we're just going to hang out for a month or so? Or was there just no more reason for Indrid to be around because he exposed all his societal life to Woodrow? Who knows? Either way, Woodrow's life would never be the same. So the one fun thing that kind of comes out of this is from um, author John Keel, who wrote The Mothman Prophecies. So he consulted Woodrow about the incident, and the weird part was that Keel would receive random calls from Indrid Cold, asking him about the book and, like, basically giving details into his whole weird friendship with Woodrow. And... Keel, he was around the whole thing of, like, the Mothman times. Of, like, you know, Mothman invading Point Pleasant. And the whole Mothman incident was within 10 days of Injury Cold basically making himself known. And this all took place in West Virginia. So there's actually kind of another little fun theory that Injury Cold is actually Mothman. But taking on a different form. You know, pennywise it. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I heard about that and I was like, eh, I don't know if I buy that entirely. West Virginia in the 1960s had so many weird things. I mean, we have Sheep Squatch, we have Mothman, we have Injured Cold. So many bizarre things took place. I guess this is just effed up. I I guess. They just have, they're like the supernatural scientific point of all the weird things happening. And again, this author, John Keel, like, you know, he wrote the book Mothman Prophecies all focused on the Mothman stuff. And then he immediately released this book called Visitors from Lana Luce. Again, I'm butchering the name and I apologize for that. Especially to the family that's still alive. Because actually, the daughter, I believe, recently had, had a book out on Amazon about her family's incident as well. Ooh, we'll have I, to read that too. Uh, yeah. It's, it's very fascinating. But this author has very prominent books. So that being said, Tori... What what are your thoughts on Injury Cold? Do you think he's a Men in Black associated member? Do you think he's an alien? Apparently there's a bunch of other gritting men out there just similar to him. What are your thoughts? With all of the facts of him 
like grinning, his car, his stature, his look, everything. Like it really seems like that cliche idea of an alien trying to blend in. So I would kind of really believe that there was like an alien lizard race almost that not invaded Earth but came to Earth in the 50s, 40s, wherever and kind of integrated into our society where we couldn't really see them anymore. Right. And, or they were really doing like research or something like that and Injured Cold might have been one of them. So you would tell me if you were a part of this lizard race, right? No. Ah, dang. Would you? Probably, I guess. I mean, we've been dating for five years. Liar. I, eh? You would not tell me. I, I feel like I would. I feel like five years is long enough, I guess. But honestly, I'm pretty cocky, so I'd probably show that stuff off. Oh yeah, 100%. Where I could be a little bit more secretive, and I don't want to show all my cards. Mm, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> that being said, if a uh, injured cold or any other, uh, you know, intergalactic species is out there, please hit us up on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want. I would love to interview you. I can just imagine coming into the house one day and you interviewing an alien and me just, like, what the hell? Just literally what the hell, not just, just like... standing there you would be like completely you okay alien. with it. <laughs> I would... I feel like I would freak out, but at the same yeah. time I would be like, okay, what the hell is happening? I really do welcome any, uh, you know, intergalactic alien species out there. Like, I'm literally not making a joke of this. If you're here in this podcast, I would really love to talk to you. Oh, if yeah. You Knock on our door. Please do. I'm not going to give you the address, but, like, if you reach out to me, maybe, eventually. <laughs> I do the same thing with ghosts. Tori gets mad at me about it. Hell, yeah. You and your Ouija board. I want to burn that thing. No, you don't burn the Ouija board. No, I know. You stopped me from doing that. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, Injury Cold, very fascinating case, right? Yeah, I would completely believe that it would be an alien. I, I, there's just so many odd things. The fact that he disappeared for, like, six months. The logical side is, like, Wojo had to have been cheating on his wife. He had to have been doing something work-related. I don't know, maybe he went off with his buddy or was just, like, couldn't take it anymore. Any final thoughts? You know, aliens come talk to us, really. That, that's about it. What about you, Tori? Well, I was going to say how we are still on Patreon and all of those fabulous sites. And if you have any creepy tales or any alien adventures, any horror movies that you want us to see, uh, comment down below and we will be happy to research them and do an episode on them. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. And we will see you guys next week. See ya.